Welcome to the Couch to Creator podcast. Episode two, let's go. Today we're going to be discussing the good, the bad and the ugly of the content world. We all know that good and bad content is out there, probably scales tipping in the favour of the bad, but we want to discuss what that actually means. What makes for good or trash content? Is it that only long form matters and can be of real value? What do people actually want to consume? And most importantly, should we even care? Let's get strapped in. Hi everyone, it's Sal and Bart here from Trio Stories and welcome to the Couch to Creator podcast. Before we start, little challenge to the listeners. I'm going to try and set up like a little quiz thing because I think you can do that on Spotify. Ooh. What percentage of content, out of all the content you consume, what percentage is, is actually good? You know, next time you're scrolling Instagram or Facebook or TikTok, quick five second judgment. Like, do you think this is actually a good piece of content? Just an interesting one. Yeah, it's a good thought. Food like, for thought for the listeners. Yeah, and, and for me even, like... It's a tough one because it's not as if you get to choose what content you're fed. Exactly. That's why I think it's just a super interesting one. Because like, if you could just have a little tick on Instagram that was like, algorithm, please give me only good content, that would be great. Not for me because I love trash content. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, you don't get a choice in that matter. But let's dial this back, because we need to go back to what is content. Yeah. We need to define the whole playing field here. Indulge um, me. I think in terms of a Google definition or, you know, a dictionary definition, it's probably just any form of digital existence on the internet. You know, any form, photography, graphic, writing, video, audio. I, I have a counter-proposal for what is content. Um, I've been thinking about this and I reckon that it's to do with purpose because you can't just put everything under the header of content like that would be offensive mm. like if you're going to call the mona lisa content um it's just rude really but like but the moment you put her in a gif on the internet content. she becomes yeah content. so it's about yeah. the purpose and i think mostly you could say that Content with a purpose of selling something is content. Is content. You can say even like you take a selfie mm. with you and your dog. Yeah. That's not content. Okay. But the per like the brand of the shoes that the person is wearing wants to reshare that photo because they're wearing nice trainers and the dog's cute. That is then selling the brand image. So then that actually does become user content. User generated content, it's called, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I think that's an interesting one. So it's to do with like perspectives in a way. You know, it's not content to you, but someone else can see it as, as potential content for them. Yeah, I think that's probably quite a good definition. Yeah, and I just wanted to, I'm going to read this bit out that I like thought of last night because I want to get Did it you right. Craft it? I crafted it. Um, because I actually Googled the word content, like how it's been used in the last 10 years. Okay. The word content has doubled in popularity since this time last year. Wow. That is so interesting. Like incredible growth, obviously, since 2012. Yeah. But even in the last year, the word content and also content creator yeah. doubled. I mean... In the way, I can believe that just from... I can't. I would have said this time last year it was at a peak and now we are just maintaining that peak. 
But you've got to think, even from our perspective and our work, um, how busy we are now, even compared to, I mean, last year, you know, we were busy then, but um, more and more brands are looking for an edge yeah. in their online marketing. And it all boils down to content, this umbrella of content. Because, like, this content did exist before the word content became a yes, thing. Yes, yeah, it did. But it existed as photos, videos. Like, we would go to a client and be like, hello, good sir, would you like some lovely photos? Professional photography services. Would you like to dabble in a little bit of video to market to your clients? And now mm. it's just like, what's up? You want content in it. You, you know? look for a content creator, it becomes like a an umbrella term that, that encompasses all of this kind of creative work now for a brand. If you use my definition that it's with a purpose, I'm not arguing that is the definitive definition of content, like definitive definition. Yeah. What? I like that. Oh, okay. Um but from my idea, would you say that about 90% of the stuff on the internet is content. Would you say more? No, I would say no. I, I would say that it's less, but I would say that it's... The, the way the social platforms that we currently use are going, yeah. it certainly feels like that is the majority of content yeah. because we're constantly being advertised. Like, whatever you watch now or see anywhere any articles any photos videos it all comes with a purpose of trying to sell you something whether it's yeah. a brand whether it's an image whether it's a person yeah i think that i mean i would say i would go somewhere in between i would say that the definition of content uh, basically photography and videography and and art that isn't trying to sell you anything or that is just like you say you using social media for its intended person to take a photo to show your family and friends. I, I would say that that is content, but it's it's a type of content. So like it's, it's, a, it's a subgroup of content. Um, and that, that's sort of how I would go about it. But I think to wrap up the content definition, we're going to go with a very broad net of everything that we all consume day in, day out on the internet. Yeah, because I guess it's not even just, just things that you're being sold because even like those trash Vine-like videos on TikTok, yeah. they're not necessarily trying to sell you anything, although I would argue they're trying to sell the person as a brand. Yeah, I mean, even I'm going to say BBC News article yeah, content. Yeah, content. So with that broad net, what is good and bad content? What defines it? I mean, it, surely it's very subjective. Yeah, I mean... Or is it? Yeah, I would say it huge, it massively depends on who you're talking to. And like, you could have a million different responses to this question because it's taste, isn't it? It's like, it's like asking someone, how many beautiful people are, are there in the world? Mm, mm. Uh, yeah, I, I think that... You have a stronger stance on this than I do. <laughs> I think there's a certain way to look at it, which actually, th th there's a level, there's a threshold after below which it just becomes trash content, whether you like it or not. Bart you thinks can everything and... I watch is trash content. The vast majority, yeah. I think that there's a threshold, and I've actually come up with a little test for this um, in my little book here. My definition of trash content is, you've got to ask yourself, does this piece of content add anything to your life? 
And to be more precise in terms of defining that test, is it something that you will remember or take any sort of tangible benefit from within an hour of watching? Is it something, yes, is it something that you will tell your friend or mum or brother about? Or is it something that you will actually even like remember at all in, in an hour or two hours? Because the majority of TikTok content, such as people throwing Mentos in a Coke bottle, like, you know, that's like the old school stuff, or people doing a very quick makeup tutorial, like, and I'm not talking, I mean, there's some amazing makeup tutorials out there, don't get me wrong, but, you know, someone's saying, oh, get ready with me or whatever. The majority of those things you have no recollection of in an hour. So devil's advocate, what percentage of the content you view or see actively consume, let's say, is falls within that definition of like taking you on a journey? I think about between five and 10%. Seriously, I thought you were gonna say way higher. No, I think like, Cute dog videos, we all love cute dog videos, but there's only the very few select, like select ones that you'll like remember or that you will actually smile to, like smile at and feel that's actually brightened up my day. Okay, yes, but it's like trying to find a needle in a haystack. Mm. Like you can't just choose, okay, I want a dog video that will take me on a journey and I'm going to remember in two weeks time it's going to be really meaningful to me and it's going to take like I'm going to show other people this video you have to watch bad content to find the good content yeah yeah and I think that is a because really difficult subject I'm going to do a little example of this Bart sent me a very cute dog video mm. it had separation anxiety and it did not want to leave the personal space of its lovely human. So this human had become an emotional support human for this dog. And this video was incredible. It was adorable. And I liked it. And I don't know if I would have remembered it in an hour, but like I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Then I used the analogy in therapy. I, I actually used the story of this dog and how it, how it felt and how the relationship with the, with the human in therapy so like but it was a transfer no no doubt it was a transformative piece of content yeah but it is one that you would have told your more more friend or or someone in conversation oh i saw this dog you know it had a it 100 percent is a talking piece like for, okay for maybe me and you but not necessarily for someone else yeah but so there is the objective element i agree and there is there is there is certain pieces of content that are on that margin where i might find it not good content might not be transformative for me but might be transformative for someone else. But yeah. there is a a lot of content that is so far bef below that threshold that when you get to 90%, 95% of people are not going to find any value in it, then that becomes trash content. Okay, so let's say the get ready with me type video. Mm -hmm. Let's base it on that. That is very similar, kind of, to what Jesse Drift was, was making back in the day yeah. on Instagram stories. If you don't know, Jesse Driftwood is an incredible filmmaker and creator, and he actually kind of started the wave of doing essentially yeah. vlogs on Instagram stories. I, w I would call it like produced Instagram stories. Yeah, and it was very unique at the time. Yeah, he was turning a 15 second vertical video into a 
an actual edit. Production, yeah. You know, he was pulling together sh shots from a professional camera, drone, whatever, you know, good quality audio and yeah. So that's in a way is like a get ready with me video because yeah. you're like experiencing a day with Jesse Driftwood. Is that trash content? No. I think it would be very dangerous to group content into a bucket and be like, well, all get ready with me videos are trash. Yeah. Because like I've watched some get ready with me videos and I was like, oh, this is sick. Yeah. You know, if someone is pulling together a super unique outfit and it's really a unique look, then there's some value there. Yeah, or like if... watching Matt Devala uh, or um, Ali Abdul with like their incredible productive days. Like you can get a lot from those exactly. type of videos. But that's one way to make it good content. The other way is, okay, do a... a, a forgettable outfit but do it in an amazing way you know have seamless transitions of you spinning into your dress or you know kicking on or kicking off some shoes but do it extremely well yes okay let's take that how many people have to create that same style of video or content before in emma chamberlain's words it becomes stale we, were, we listened to a podcast by Emma Chamberlain um, on a culture shift that she thinks is happening. Um, in general, yeah. In general, but part one was about social media specifically. And she was talking about how content is becoming stale. Yeah, it really got us thinking, actually. It was a really interesting podcast. Very we'll, good podcast. We'll link it down in the description. Yeah, amazing. And just how her mind works and how she thinks is... Yeah. Very transformative. Um, and she was talking about, you know, things like the vlogs, like, are vlogs stale? Do people want to watch people in their day-to-day -day life anymore? Travel guys, yeah. Guys with their tops off in Bali. Yeah. Doing, you know, standing in front of, like, some greenery, you know, you know the type. That classic repeated content. I mean, uh, you know, coffee, you know, coffee shop, Instagram shot, top down, your little latte art. Coffee B-roll. Yeah, star, Starbucks, you know. That was all great content mm. to start. Mm -hmm. And now it's become very popular. So arguably now, is it trash content? <sighs> I think this is a slightly different area of, of, this, of this topic because... I think then you need to go to a, a different question altogether and say, well, actually, what's the supply versus demand here? Are we, is there enough content? Are we, as content creators, producing enough content for the consumer? Because if we are, and if the supply is plentiful, mm. then yeah, it's trash content. Okay. But if we're not, then I would say it doesn't matter because I would go with that sort of, you know, people say all oh, publicity is good publicity. It's better putting that out than nothing at all because people will still view it. People will still get some sort of exposure to it. And although it's not transformative, like in the previous definition we went to, if it's needed by people because they're consuming so much, then... It, it kind of brings me to the question of, like, can you use good or bad content as the driver of what you're making let me tell you I've, I've got some stats okay, this time okay. i'm prepared the most viewed videos on tiktok mm. number one 
is a video by Bella Porch, 690 million views, where she is lip syncing with slightly strange facial expressions, like cute facial expressions, to a song called M to the B, mm. which was made up by, I don't know, like a 16-year-old British chav. I'm familiar with that melody, yeah. Yeah. Would you like to do a rendition? No, thank you. Absolutely not. <laughs> Second, Billie Eilish's first TikTok. Mm -hmm. she, would just, she just went on the app, filmed herself using the Time Warp filter. Mm. 348 million views. Yeah. I'm going to go out. I'm going to say trash content. Yeah, it did well. Okay, but it's trash content. Like, it's throwaway content. And the yes, Billie Eilish one, yes. Like, it's just, that's just come off her fame, obviously. But, like, no one else could go on the app and just use a time or filter. Unless it was, like, you know... Yeah, I'm going, I'm going to say... Look, I'm going to say it's trash content, but so what? I think there's a time and a place for trash content. Look, I'm going to pull some stats here to tell you why there's a time and a place for trash content. And we can talk about it and come up with theories about is it good, is it bad, but it actually doesn't matter. You just need to get it out there. When I scoured blog posts, um, all information, all guidelines seem to point to post on social media as often as you can no more than three times a day. But who can honestly say they have enough time or content, you know, except for really full-time content creators with a team, to post three times a day? Good content. I'm talking any content, like I remember, three times a day. I remember watching a Gary Vee YouTube video mm. and he, he is very adamant on people using TikTok. He says that that's the place you need to be to grow right now. Right now. He was talking about one of his most successful TikToks that like first made him grow on the platform. Mm. And was it a video where he was talking about that he, that he liked blueberries? Yeah, yeah. Which was like just a random fact about him. But, you know, at first sight, trash content. Like when in your mind are you ever going to think this piece of this video here where I'm telling people how much I like blueberries is going to, to actually add to someone's life in any yeah. way. Well, we'll come back to that because that's obviously our next sort of direction. But just before we do, I just wanted to finish off the supply versus demand thing. So basically all guidelines say post as much as possible. So that indicates that there isn't enough content out there. Looking at long form content, so YouTube, 300 hours of content uploaded to YouTube every minute. So I did some maths, that's 432,000 hours per day. Then I couldn't find the watch time, but 5 billion videos are watched every day on YouTube. 5 billion videos. Now, if you look at the amount being uploaded per minute versus how many videos are being viewed, that means that we're 0.005 seconds per video per view. So that means we haven't got enough videos going up for the viewership. So the supply, the, the demand outweighs the supply. supply. That's actually amazing. That's an amazing start. Like I would never have known it was, there was that big of a discrepancy. Cause yeah, when you're on TikTok and Instagram and stuff, you can just feel like content has been thrown at you left, right and center constantly. Like there's stuff everywhere. But mm. then actually in our own experience, every time we sit down to watch our YouTube videos every day, which by the way, if you're not following us on Instagram, 
do that because you can see our daily recommendations yes, for YouTube yeah. videos because every day we sit down with a cup of coffee and try and find the best content out there. Um, yeah. Every time we sit down, it takes us some time every day to decide what we want to watch to decide yeah. what we want to watch to find the content that we're, we're currently vibing with yeah and i think that's crazy i mean i think from my research it seems that on tiktok the scales are a little bit more balanced um in terms of that but imagine like you would need a thousand times more content well, going up on youtube if you think about it with tiktok like in one single session how many tiktoks does the average person watch? I don't know. I've got the average length of session on TikTok versus YouTube. So average session on TikTok, 11 minutes. So if you think about how many videos that is. Yeah. So you can say that's, let's say, 10 second videos, but mostly it's about five second, probably five, six second view time of a video before you swipe probably. on average. Ah, uh, yeah, it depends. Like you can go through a load, just like even in the first yeah. second click. So off. that could be a that could be anywhere between like eighty to two hundred videos in that eleven minutes. So Average, for one person, for one person, for one person, you've got hundred yeah. creators. Yeah, but YouTube average viewing session, and this is average viewing session. I think this was mind blowing. Forty minutes. Average. Yeah. That makes me feel really bad about our watch time. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but that, that's not that's not a single video. I know. That's I a know. viewing session. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, I know. I say it's insane, but at the same time, I would say that our daily coffee session is probably about forty minutes. Yeah. This is kind of naturally brought us to long form versus short form. Yeah. So let's address that now. I'm going to say. Not all co all good content is long form. Like no. not all good content is long form content, and not all long form content is good, good content. content. Yeah. But I would say definitely there is more good long form content out there than short form. Definitely, if you follow that transformative definition. Yes. Short form content is more fleeting uh, of course that's what it is so that's its purpose because then you can kind of argue about podcasts mm. like i would probably argue that podcasts are of more value generally than a youtube video because uh. you can actually sit down resonate with someone actually have the time to get into like the the headspace of the people that you're listening to I, d I don't think i agree because emma chamberlain i've taken more from her two podcasts that i've listened to than her youtube videos maybe so but like i can see what you're saying but my problem with that is there's a point at which it becomes dilution of content and that has a purpose in the sense that when you are driving in the car and you're listening to a podcast, you've got a completely different context whereby the purpose of that podcast is different than a YouTube video. But that 40 minute or an hour long episode with Emma Chamberlain, you could have got all that information out in a 15 minute YouTube video. Yeah. That would be more concise, more dynamic. This is my problem with short form content 
and long form content, just the battle of length of content, mm. because yeah. whatever message you're trying to get across to the viewer, whatever journey you're trying to take them on, you could always do it in a shorter way. Sometimes we've taken a video that could have probably been a half an hour video mm. and we've ended up cutting it into a six minute video. Yeah. And then you could turn that into a TikTok yeah. or an Instagram. Yeah. You can always make content shorter, but just making content shorter doesn't mean that it's necessarily better. Like, I agree. More concise, more dynamic. That doesn't necessarily mean better because the benefit of a podcast where you're actually drawing it out, like thinking on the spot, listening intent, like listening casually, but with purpose. Yeah, also has its beauty, yeah. has its benefits. It makes you actually consider what the person is saying yeah. rather than just like take, like you haven't got time when you're watching a YouTube video to take what they're saying, analyze it yourself, come up with your own opinion. I agree, yeah. You're just taking the information from YouTube. But then it's also, you can also throw in the argument of who the audience is because let's say you're a new photographer, filmmaker, YouTube, and you want to make a lovely what's in my camera bag video. Mm. It's been done a million times. There is no need for you to make that video. But your particular audience of non-niche specific people, mm -hmm. family, friends, people who aren't interested in the photo and video world, they might not have seen it before and they may, might find it really interesting yeah. and be like, oh, look what this guy has. Like, that's interesting information. That's good content. So, realistically, m using good or bad content to drive what you make is so difficult because it depends also on who you're making it for. Yeah, yeah. And I think that going, like, one final piece of the puzzle with regards to context, it depends who's making it. At the end of the day, no one cares what my favourite coffee is. No one cares what I order at Starbucks. But if you're Peter McKinnon, people probably do. To me, it would be exciting news to know what Robert Lewandowski's favourite coffee is. So him posting a photo from Starbucks and I'm like, oh, I'm just knocking you know, down my favourite, or I don't know, I spilt my favourite pumpkin latte. That's like... I would love if Lewandowski's favourite drink was a pumpkin spice latte. Yeah, well, exactly. You know, because it's him. So what's in your camera bag? No one cares what Big Baz has in his camera bag. I mean, maybe two or three of you, I hope so. But um, Peter McKinnon, you probably do. Yeah. So the, there is that context relevance. It, it, it's, a, it's, a broad, it's a broad set of questions that you need to ask yourself whether that content is good or is it good or bad. I also think there's a massive part that's to do with like authenticity and how the person making it actually feels about it because if you take a photo of yourself topless in Bali and that's what you want to do that's what you believe in that should that's the lifestyle that you want to share and, and give people access to that that's great yeah yeah if you're doing it because it's a piece of content that works it's going on to Instagram, get a lot of likes it's going to get likes for me, that would take it into take it more into trash, trash content, content territory. Because I feel like you can tell, you can tell when someone's genuinely into what they're making. Yeah, maybe not from one post, but from a, their body Generally, of work. Yeah, you, you when can. you've watched previous things or seen them do other things, like we've sounded more 
or less excited from video to video. Mm. You were more excited making the James Bond Weeble 3 production. You would be more excitable, nervous, whatever, all those different emotions in that video than you were when you were talking about the electronic shutter of a mirrorless camera. True. Authenticity is probably Authenticity is key. probably also important. It's a little and bit more of a hidden one, isn't it? It's like a bit more subtle because you can't yeah. you can't always know straight away if someone if it's if it's meaningful or not, you know. Yeah, well this is what I wanted to say about your audience. So the only person in your audience that you can actually depend on is yourself. So you have to make the stuff that you'd want to see and that you believe in and that you think is good content. As we said in the previous episode, if you like something and you're passionate about something, the chances are that millions of other people will be too. And you sharing that can bring together a community. And if that's like making videos, like telling funny stories about your day, like Madeline Argie, I think it's pronounced, on TikTok, she's hilarious by the way, that's great. great content. I want to hear about the fact that her sister's got a worm in the, her leg. I think that's hilarious. Yeah, it is. But it's it's one that also passes pretty much all of our good or bad content tests. Like, it is one that you tell your friends about. It's memorable. Yeah, I've spoken about it a lot. Yeah, so... I'm actually content. interested in her whole life now from that one video. So, there you go. There's that context and authenticity coming together. You watch that one video, now you probably care what her favourite coffee is. So, if she takes a photo at the Starbucks, Good content because of the body of her work. Yeah, but going back to the like the letting the good versus bad content like dictate what you you're creating or watching actually, it's a stab in the dark. Yeah, a lot of the time. You don't you don't know you don't know what people want to see. You don't like you you can guess. You can do some research with tools like vidIQ or whatever, mm. and to what people want to watch. But like generally, it's it's wild. Like, who would have been able to guess what the most watched videos of TikTok would be? So to wrap it up, it's an interesting conversation, but we've got no idea. Doesn't really matter. Should you care what good or bad content is? Yeah. As a consumer of content, probably yes. You should yeah. probably care whether you're taking in good or trash content because it affects your life like yeah. genuinely affects your life you should aim to rid your feeds of trash trash poisonous stuff things that make your life worse things that put you in a mood like how bad is it that you just be on your phone because you just like that's what you generally do you're on instagram you see a post that upsets you and ruins your day it is actually important to challenge yourself to think is this content adding to my life and if not unsubscribe from that person, unfollow them, do whatever you can basically to indicate to the algorithm kings and queens that you don't want to see that. It's probably kings, it's a patriarchy. Well, probably, yeah. But um, I, think it's, I think it's really important because it does have a profound impact on our lives. Yeah. Now I'm going to take it to the creator side and yeah. I'm going to say it doesn't matter. Like, you cannot let that good versus bad content alone dictate what you create. Because you've got to start, in my opinion, you've got to start from the foundation that any content is better than no content. I would interject and change that slightly. 
to be that when you are on the initial rise good or bad content doesn't matter you just need to make stuff you just need to put yourself out there but then I would say that as a professional content creator your your full-time job is making content for the, for people mm. I would say you have a responsibility to your audience and a job to do to mm. provide them with good content because remember like are you going as far as saying an ethical and moral responsibility kind of thing here? I mean, kind. I was. I wasn't entirely going with that, but like, kind of, like yeah, maybe a mild one. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very mild. Like you are making a living. Yeah. Off feeding people. You're feeding people. people, aren't you? You're putting. So you have to be mildly conscious about what you're putting out there. Yeah, yeah I respect that. I think that's true. But it's a difficult one because, like, then, you, like we mentioned earlier trash content in the hands of an influencer can become good content can be good content yeah so basically the foundation is don't let good versus bad the, the argument define whether you make that content or not because there's a lot more considerations there's a lot more things to consider yeah in in trying to avoid and bad content you could end up being convoluted being just paralysis par, no, by analysis and yeah. end up not making anything at all because you're trying to avoid bad content, which you don't really know how to define anyway. Like, we've researched it, talked about it, and... It's tricky. We still don't even know how to exactly define it because it, it's subjective. And the other side of it is, you know, that sort of paralysis, that sort of approach can actually stop you from creating your next best piece because... Some of the best performing videos that we've ever put out, some of the best performing content has not been, has been the things we've expected the least. I would argue that the majority of creators' biggest and most successful video was not what they were expecting. So good versus bad content, we actually have no idea. No one does. Subjective. So make stuff that you love and then you don't have to worry about it. Because if you think it's good content... Doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. Exactly. On that note, check us out on the tube. Um, you know, we hope that the majority of the content there is transformative and you'll find falls into the good category. Thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate you spending the time with us today. Yeah, it was so nice, as, as always. Absolutely, and hopefully see you soon in the next episode. We wish you the very best of the content. May the content odds be ever in your favour. Bye.